0: Welcome to the Genius of Liberty, stories that celebrate the crucial but forgotten role Ohio played in the fight for women's right to vote. I'm Hillary Copsey, your host. Today's story from researcher Catherine Dirac is A League of Our Own. In April 1921, the National American Woman Suffrage Association held its last national conference in Cleveland, Ohio, and handed the reins to its successor, the League of Women Voters.
1: This is the last report of the National American Woman Suffrage Association. Carrie Chapman Catt wrote in the foreword to the proceedings for the organization's final convention held in Cleveland, Ohio in April 1921. It now has the proud satisfaction of having achieved its purpose and finished its work. It has bequeathed to American women an opportunity, a dignity and liberty which in 1848 were a dream in the minds only of a few. With this final report, one of the most unique and significant chapters of American history is closed. Corresponding secretary Nettie Rogers Shuler added, the long, long struggle is ended, and we know that without the vision, without the sword of the spirit, and without the leader Carrie Chapman Catt, our cause would have perished. The finished fabric rests complete upon the loom, woven with the sacrifice, service, and devotion of the great and small, the rich and the poor. Although delegates in Cleveland voted unanimously to delay dissolving the suffrage organization until lawsuits that challenged the 19th Amendment had been resolved, for most practical purposes, the National American Woman Suffrage Association had closed up shop. Office furniture was moved to the Muncie building in Washington, D.C. for use by the League of Women Voters, which would replace the National American Woman Suffrage Association on the National Council of Women and the International Woman Suffrage Alliance. Pamphlets and educational material on hand at national headquarters were offered where the battle was still pitched—the Philippines, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Jamaica, and Newfoundland. And the organization's most important papers and possessions were donated to the Smithsonian Institution, including Miss Anthony's picture and her red shawl, her pretty silver teapot and her cup and saucer, the last purse she used, and the mahogany table whereon the famous Bill of Rights was signed in 1848 by our first leaders in Seneca Falls. Upon Carrie Chapman Catt's recommendation, the Suffrage Association had breathed life into its successor, a nascent League of Women Voters, just two years earlier at its Jubilee Convention in St. Louis. There, the National American Woman Suffrage Association had commemorated the 50th anniversary of equal voting rights in Wyoming, the first grant of suffrage on equal terms with men in the world. Looking into the future, Carrie Catt imagined a day when democracy would more nearly approach perfection and history would acknowledge their accomplishment. Every suffragist will hope for a memorial dedicated to the memory of our brave departed leaders, to the sacrifices they made for our cause, to the scores of victories won, Catt said. I venture to propose a memorial whose benefits will bless our entire nation and bring happiness to the humblest of our citizens, the most natural, the most appropriate, and the most patriotic memorial that could be suggested. Let us raise up a league of women voters, a league that shall be nonpartisan and nonsectarian in character, and that shall be consecrated to three chief aims— Achieving equal suffrage in the United States and supporting similar efforts overseas, removing legal discriminations against women, and making our democracy so safe for the nation and so safe for the world that every citizen may feel secure and great men will acknowledge the worthiness of the American Republic to lead.
0: Thank you for listening to The Genius of Liberty. This series is named after The Genius of Liberty, one of the first U.S. periodicals published by a woman. Elizabeth A. Aldrich. covered women's rights conventions and advocated equal access to education, equal pay for equal work, and voting rights for women. She also had ties to the Mercantile Library. You can subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts and find all our episodes on soundcloud.com slash thegeniusofliberty. Our theme music is Battle Hymn of the Republic Medley by Marissa Anderson, originally recorded live on WFMU and used with permission. Catherine Dirac writes and voices all the genius of liberty stories, and Chris Messick records and produces the series, which comes to you from Cincinnati's Mercantile Library. Since 1835, you belong here.